Thank you, Phil. I bless his heart. He, uh, uh, he's doing his best up there. I think, of course, he, I don't, he actually hit the mute on that when it first started, but I'm telling you, that thing up there is so finicky. Uh, when we was doing, uh, you talk about pressure, because Phil came down to me the other day, he said, is your dad got a video? I said, yeah. He goes, I know he wants it exactly. <laughs> he says, and he says, hit play. He wants it right then. Well, when we was on the radio, I mean, I was a nervous wreck, because I was up there running at, you know, of course, there's nobody up there to, uh, to help me. And he's down here, and it feels right, dad wants it, and he wants it right then. <laughs> you know, he to have songs or video. And man, I tell you what, I thought I was going to just get uh, just uh, everywhere. Because uh, he said to play some song, and I hit it, nothing. And I was like, I could see the look on his face. I was like, oh, please, please, please. I kept hitting it, kept hitting it, hitting it, nothing. Nothing I could do. I had to restart the whole computer. And uh, 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 he didn't holler at me. He understood it wasn't my fault. But you could tell he wasn't happy. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, but so Phil, you know, I bless his heart. He does. He really, he, he's, he's a one-man band up there trying to run the soundboard and the uh, video too up there and uh, so it's it, that's why I wasn't worried about it. if it didn't play I just wanted to keep on preaching I didn't went on teaching and no big deal but that thing does it's really weird I think it's the craziest thing like I said I like when he's doing it on the radio I had it all set up ready to go perfect and then nothing I just I don't know I don't know why it does that craziest thing but uh, now next Sunday um Sunday evening, rather, uh, Ron Thompson's going to be back, and he's going to be singing some songs. He asked me this morning if that was okay, and I said, yeah, I said, I'd love for you to. I said, I'm going to seeing you up there. Uh, he said he just couldn't do it tonight. He said he had some other obligations, but he uh, uh, would definitely uh, uh, be here, Lord willing, next Sunday evening, so that'd be good. I like, I like hearing Ron. I, I, I call it the Paul Harvey of gospel because he, uh, I love hearing the, the history behind all the songs, and, uh, and, and it's, I really enjoy it. I really do, so. So Lord willing, I'll have that back. But, but yeah, I, uh, so all those two songs were okay. I didn't try to debate whether to even do it or not because I got so used to just diving into it every, you know, Sunday night and Wednesday nights. I thought, well, we'll try to do one or two when we meet anyway. So we're going to look at uh, Hebrews chapter 13, and we're going to look at, uh, this thing's, we're going to look at verses uh, one through six. I think it's like right in my eyeball. See if that'll work there. Um, yeah, uh, 13, uh, James. Hebrews 13, 1 through 6. It says, uh, Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and with them which suffer adversity. Uh, and them, let's see, and so mind me tonight. Them suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Uh, marriage is honorable in all, uh, in the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. All right, let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer, if we may. Uh, dear Father, Lord, we just come for you again and uh, praise your holy name. And Lord, I just pray that you'll be with us this evening, uh, that you'll lead us, guide us, direct us in your word. Uh, Lord, help us to, uh, to glean from this uh, so we can use it for spiritual growth. Uh, help us to, uh, uh, to find 
meaning in this that maybe we're, we haven't noticed or seen before. And uh, Lord, just help us to glorify you in thought, word, and deed. In Jesus' name I pray. Uh, I apologize. Uh, I have I normally uh, in the study of Hebrews uh, have been um, using the English Standard Version just because it's a little easier to understand. Because when we're doing these studies like this, I just think English Standard Version just you know it's more in in, in words that we can understand. You know, and uh, and so I normally have been preaching out of that, but um, I picked up the wrong Bible tonight, so that's why we're using <laughs> the King James this evening. Now, like I said, I normally preach out of King James on Sunday mornings in particular just because that's just what most people are used to. You know, I, uh, uh, most of you grew up, and that's what you're, you were used to using. Uh, when I was at uh, Tri-City Christian, we'd have to use uh, memorize scripture and things, and, and that's what we got used to. And so uh, I do like it. It's not that I don't, but I just think it makes it a little easier uh, to, uh, to understand uh, when we're doing these different types of studies and such. But uh, when we look at here, it said, let brotherly love continue. Now, uh, when we look at brotherly love, there is, uh, uh, there's a couple of things going on here when we look at this verse. Um, you know, one thing that, he, that uh, the writer here is trying to express is that uh, we need, as Christians, uh, to show kindness to one another. Uh, in fact, they were so zealous, if you will, they were costly trying to find anybody that was being heretical or doing something wrong. And, you know, and we've come across people like that, uh, you know, just like um, uh, recently. You know, I was talking about uh, there's an individual that's giving me a hard time about my cross flags. You know, they were trying to act like they're on this spiritual level and, and, and almost trying to treat me like I was being heretical uh, for, uh, for making these crosses with the, with the, with the flag on it. There's actually several people, and just one, there's several people. I was just like, in shock. I'm like, really? How can you have a problem with the flag and the cross? I mean, I just, I don't get that. Uh, but, uh, but yet, you look at their, their, their Facebook, and they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and I'm thinking, well, that, that is worse than, than, a, than having a problem with a cross and a flag, you know? I'm like, well, I, I don't understand. But there's some people who are so spiritually high-minded, uh, they, they think that um, they're trying to find something uh, heretical in everything, uh, you know, and, and uh, particularly those... Um, I don't know, they, they kind of get on their spiritual high horse, if you will. And uh, they're, they're just ready, they're looking for everything to, to condemn you on. And, and particularly Facebook uh, is, uh, is the world's worst for that. I mean, I've put stuff on there that I thought, man, that's great, that's inspiring or something, you know. Oh, I cannot believe that you would do that. And, and that is theoretically, and I'm just like, come on, man, you know. I just, can you not know, just go with it and just, and just enjoy you know, something good from it, but you, it's like everybody's just searching for something bad. You know, just like when I was uh, uh, in grade school and high school, uh, I uh, uh, was trying to, uh, to live for the Lord and, and do what I was supposed to. And, uh, of course, I always, uh, I didn't cuss, but I had words uh, that I would use in place of curse words. And, uh, and somebody thought I even, it even sounded like it. Oh, you cussed, you cussed, I heard what you said. I'm like, that's not what I said. It's like they were just trying to, to find something, you know. Now, one time I did accidentally cuss in front of my dad, and it was completely an accident. I mean, completely, you know, I, and because I, I didn't cuss, it was just I meant to say one word, another word come out. It was at Christmas time of all times, and my aunt grabbed my arm, and I meant to say one word, and I'm not going to say it here, but I said I meant to say one word, but another word come out. I don't even know how. It, I mean, I mean, like I said, I didn't cuss. I don't know where they even come from. And all of a sudden, you could have heard a pin drop. The whole family was like silence. And I was like, oh, no. And he was standing behind me, and I was like, I was scared to move. And my, 
my hands were kind of covered for me. He said, that ain't what you said, man. That ain't what you said. And he said, is that what you said? And I said, yeah. Get your stuff. We're leaving now. And I was like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> so that was a bad night. <laughs> but he finally understood. But my point is, there's something, you know, we need to uh, look at other people and not try to constantly find uh, the, um, uh, the bad uh, or trying to find uh, something heretical or wrong with everything they're doing. Now, obviously, uh, if someone's doing something uh, that is contrary to the Word of God, then yes, you need to pull them to the side privately and, uh, uh, and try to talk to them and say, hey, you know, brother or sister, uh, you know, this is uh, there's something you're posting or on social media or something you're saying or doing uh, that isn't correct. Well, you know, just like, well, case in point, uh, the other night, uh, someone had put up something in uh, when I was speaking, and uh, it was uh, theologically incorrect. And uh, I just said, hey, let me holler at you later because I want to make a big deal about it. I don't want to embarrass someone like that because what they wrote was something that a lot of people have confusion on big time. So, you know, and uh, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to embarrass him. I didn't want to give him a hard time about it, but I wanted to gently correct him so that he would know and understand. And uh, so that's what we have to do. You know, if, we, if somebody's doing something we know is biblically incorrect, then we need to try to approach it in a very kindly and godly way. That's what they were here. Brotherly love. Let that, you know, we, sometimes Christians would be the hardest ones to show uh, that kind of love uh, towards one another. And sometimes we can be stern. We can be unsympathetic. If somebody's stumbling, if somebody's having, having a hard time in their Christian walk, it's very easy uh, to, uh, to be very stern and very nasty towards those individuals. So we have to be very careful about that because we don't want anybody, you know, we want to be as forgiving and loving as God is forgiving and loving to us. Uh, you know, and it's so easy to kind of have a uh, superiority uh, about ourselves and be like, well, gosh, look at them. I can't believe they're doing this, or I can't believe they're saying this, or I can't believe they're doing and, uh, and they're trying to act like we're, we're, we're better when we can as easily stumble or do those things. And that's a sad thing because so many Christians are not showing that, that brotherly love, showing that kindness to one another. It's caused a lot of people to leave church. I'm not talking about here specifically, although I know what's happened. Uh, but churches across the country, a lot of people just get turned off the church in general uh, because um, of the sternness uh, and, and nasty behaviors by other Christians. And, you know, it, we need to show kindness and love towards other people. Even if they're messing up, try to support them, try to build them up, try to help them, try to correct them in what they're doing. Showing kindness and love when somebody walks into this sanctuary that, you know, may, may look out of the norm. Of course, here, that would be a tough act <laughs> to, to accomplish, to find somebody who, who looked abnormally different from everybody else in here. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, just looking at Hoppy alone would, would you know, say, oh, really, there's, there's no way. Um, but <laughs> we can see, uh, <laughs> I'm teasing Hoppy. There's a couple of verses I would like to look at real quick, if we may. In regards to brotherly love, let's look at uh, John 15, 17 real quick. There's, there's quite a few. Uh, I want to look just at a few, but I'll give you some verses to write down and look up later if you'd like to. I don't feel that, that we should look at read every single one of these, but I think there are a couple of things we should look at. Uh, John 15, 17. <clears throat> Everybody save it to turn there. I know that uh, Dad and I moved pretty quick. Oh, Kim Hensley said, poor Hoppy. So, <laughs> good evening, David Linda Feathers and Stanton Trailers. So, good evening to all in with Kim Hensley. Pray for her little dog, uh, Bosco. He's having a rough time, so be sure to keep him in your prayers. Uh, and fifteen seventeen says, These things I command you that ye love one another. Okay? Uh, and then we can also look at uh, 1 Peter one twenty two. 
1 Peter 1, 22. It says, Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth, the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. And I'll read one more, and then I'll give you all something to write down that you can look up later. We'll look at 1 John 4, 20 through 21. 1 John 4, 20 through 21. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Now, if you have a pen, whether you're at home or uh, here in the sanctuary, and you would like some, uh, some more scripture to look up uh, beyond what we've just read just now, um, with regards to brotherly love, uh, we can look at uh, Hebrews 10, 32 through 34. We can look at that up later. You look at Matthew 22, 36 through 40. If I'm going too fast, just holler at me, let me know. And uh, Romans 12, 8 through 13. So that just kind of gives you just. There's probably more than that, uh, but that just gives you a few to give you a little homework to uh, look up and read uh, for later if you so so desire there. But, uh, huh? I'm sorry? Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you was, I thought he was asking me something there. All right. Um, let's see here. Now, of course, uh, you know, loving uh, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ it's showing that faith in, in, in the Lord. You know, that's what we're reading right here. And what are we just reading here? First uh, John, yeah, four. Uh, you know, we can't have hate towards somebody else and claim that we love Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, that's one thing we have to work on. And that's one thing I've told you before, something I've really worked on hard in my life and continue to work hard on, is I don't want to have hatred for somebody else. I don't want to have grudges towards somebody else because it comes too easy for me. That's why. And, and I know that it's not glorifying unto God. And I want to, to work extra hard because I, I, I don't want anything to impede my relationship with Christ. You know, just like for those of you in here who are married, you, know, you don't want to do anything that's going to mess up your relationship with your spouse and, and do something that's going to hinder that, uh, uh, that relationship. And, I, and likewise with the Lord, you know, how much more do, should we love the Lord Jesus Christ than any, anyone in this world? And uh, we don't want anything to, to hinder that. And uh, so we need to be careful uh, that we're not having hatred because, you know, it's easy to have hatred. I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, I know uh, people say, well, we're not supposed to hate anybody. But deep down, you know, if somebody has wronged you or done you wrong in some way, it's so easy to say, well, you know, outwardly you say, we're not supposed to hate anybody. But inside you say, I can't stand that person. I hate them. <laughs> so it's easy to do sometimes. It's easy to have that bitterness when someone has wronged you. And, um, and I have to really, like I said, there, there's some people in my life that I have to really uh, really pray about, uh, and uh, it's not easy, and I don't want to pray uh, for these individuals, but I know it's the right thing to do, and I want to have that brotherly love, and particularly if that person's a Christian, because you better get over it now, because you're going to be with them for all eternity, you know, so you know, we might as well just suck it up, buttercup, and uh, get over it now, and, uh, and move on, so that we can uh, uh, have that loving relationship towards those around us, and uh, uh, Sorry, I was trying to say I was trying to look. So there's something else I was wanting to hit on just real quick. But um, you know, we don't need to let uh, you know. One thing is for sure that uh, we're showing that love towards other people. 
Uh, it's, almost, it's not something that always comes easy for us. You know, most of us are, uh, can be prideful. Some of us can be very uh, insensitive, uh, can be very self-centered. Yes, Brandon, I'm talking about me. All right. But uh, she, she says, I have no soul and I'm cold-hearted, so uh, I can't help that. But I, uh, I can be very cold-hearted. I really can sometimes. And uh, again, that's uh, something I have to work on uh, in my life not to, uh, not to be that way. And uh, I don't know why that I can be. Uh, uh, just sometimes, um, uh, I don't know, I can, just be, just, I can be a very cold person, and I have to really work on that and overcome that. If you, if you, Brandy knows you make me mad, it's, you know, I can just be like, she's like, how do you do that? How do you just shut somebody out? And I, I don't know how that I do it, but I don't want to do that, you know? I want to, because uh, we don't want our love to grow cold with the Lord. Uh, we don't want our love to grow cold towards someone else. And uh, we have to constantly be working on that. Again, this is a relationship between us and the Lord. And uh, showing that brotherly love is showing our love towards Christ Jesus. So that's why in that very first verse here, let brotherly love continue. Showing that kindness, showing that love to other brothers and sisters of Christ Jesus and even to those in the world. Now, you know, we can't condone uh, actions that we know are ungodly. All right, We realize that. We understand that. But, and I've said this before, I don't, I don't want to say like I broke a record or anything, but you know, I think too many Christians, they, they have the misunderstanding in order to show love, then that means you might, must condone the actions or the sins that the other person is doing. Well, that's not true. Uh, you know, we can show love and kindness towards someone without condoning the actions that they're doing. You know, uh, whether it's someone who's um, uh, dealing with homosexual behavior, uh, the LGBTQ, we can be kind to those individuals, but we can't condone the actions they're doing because we know that it's contrary to God's word. Uh, just like if it's an adulterer or somebody involved in pornography or whatever it may be, we, we understand these people are, are in need of help, uh, but we, we, we don't need to be rude to them, but we don't need to accept what they're doing either. And I think that's the that's a big problem a lot of Christians have. They, they, they have a hard time uh, uh, dividing uh, that, in, which is contrary, you know, not condoning uh, what is contrary to God's word and showing love. It's like they have a hard time separating the two. Now, I understand if you have a child that may be dealing uh, with sexual identity, but it doesn't mean that you still accept what they're doing. You still love your child, but you try to get them the help that they need. And I think that's, um, you know, and it, the problem is, again, going back to uh, a lot of pastors out there because they're not preaching the whole gospel. They're, they're, not, they're not preaching God's word. A lot of pastors don't even believe all of God's word. That's what's scary. And, and what's bad is you've got a lot of hipsters out there. I'm too fat to be a hipster, so that's a good thing. But I, you know, you got all these hipsters out there with their tight jeans and, and their uh, perfectly coiffed hair and beard. And uh, me, I look like I crawled out of a cave. You know, Brandy, she said, uh, you look like a caveman. I said, well, ooga, ooga. But I, <laughs> she told me I look like uh, Moses, uh, Charlton Heston's Moses is what I should tell Ten Commandments, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> so leave me alone there, Jezebel. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, so uh, we can, um, uh, we, we have a, a, a lack of true biblical teaching. In fact, um, a woman contacted me uh, yesterday, said she's thinking about coming out visiting the church because she says churches like ours that preach the whole gospel are, are, are rare. And that's the sad part. Churches like this are getting more and more rare uh, because they want to um, uh, pander to those in the world. You know, you hear that word pander a lot. And, uh, and they want to uh, make everybody happy. They want a Joel Osteen kind of 
uh, outlook uh, and, uh, and make everybody happy and pamper when they come in. But man, you know, that, that bugs me so much uh, as a pastor. It's not that I want to tick people off. It's not that I want to make anybody angry. But it's just that I want to preach with conviction. I want people out, I want those sitting out here to be convicted so that you understand that you're in need of a Savior. If all your sins are, 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 uh, are given excuses and you just feel good about yourself, then why do you need a Savior? Why do you need saving? Why do you need Jesus? If you go, hey, well, I can justify my sin. No big deal. Pastor says all's good. My life is good. And just go on and do what you want to. See, that, that's where the problem is at. And so that's why I want to preach with conviction. And I want you to be offended by some of the things I may be saying so that you can take a look at yourself and be like, you know, he really ticked me off today. And so that when you go home, you're thinking, why did that tick me off today? Well, maybe it's because I, um, there's something in my life I need to be working on or, or maybe I need Jesus. You know, that's, that's where we're at. And uh, that is showing brotherly love. You know, you're not doing anybody a, uh, any, any service uh, if you see them heading out into, into traffic or walk off a cliff and not say anything. They say, oh, you're good. You're fine. You know, they're blind or heading, walking right off a cliff. Hey, am I doing okay? Phew. You're good. Don't you worry about it. They fall to their death. Well, that's a pretty sorry individual. That's not showing love. But when you're trying to say, hey, uh, blind guy, you're getting ready to walk off a cliff. Don't go in that direction. And they say, well, that's offensive to me. I want to walk this path. And say, hey, stupid. You stay on that path, you're going to die. You know? And, uh, and I'm sure that's politically incorrect big time. But, you know, if that's what saves that person's life, then that's what we have to do. Again, that's Showing a type of, spirit, uh, of brotherly love. All right. Uh, verse 2. Uh, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Now, uh, I don't know that I've ever uh, met an angel. I could have. Again, you know, we can entertain angels unaware. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the only angel I ever met was when I met Brandy. Oh. Right. Sure. Her halo was hanging on by horns like her daddy. All right, but uh, so, <laughs> now she's, she's good as gold to me, but uh, praise God for her. But I love to, love to give her a hard time because it makes me happy. But, uh, but anyway, you know, when we show uh, hospitality to strangers, strangers, there we go. We'll get out here in a second. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, and, you know, that is... Um, uh, it kind of go, goes back to uh, uh, Abraham and Sarah, and they were entertaining. His, and what it kind of makes you think about uh, was when they were entertaining those strangers that were angels, uh, that was telling them about their, their future son. Uh, it's one aspect uh, of looking at this uh, passage of Scripture. And uh, you know, understanding, uh, showing that, uh, uh, that hospitality. See, it was one thing the Jews had... Uh, like six things that were important to life, all right? And that uh, uh, one was really being hospi having hospitality to strangers, uh, visiting the sick. In fact, uh, the uh, Greeks, some of the Greek legends, uh, of course, we know Zeus was, uh, was a legend. He wasn't real, uh, obviously. But, um, and, and you know, should, that should be un un understandable that I didn't even have to say that. But, you know, I don't want somebody leaving here or watching online saying, well, I... Gosh, I didn't know Zeus was part of the Bible. You know, so I had to, to reiterate. See, there's people out there that uh, that while we have warning labels, no, not to put the toaster in the in the bath water or not to drink bleach or you know things like that. Because there's people out there who do that, so I have to 
say those things so that those individuals will say, oh, okay. <laughs> but they, uh, uh, in fact, there was a legend that Zeus uh, Xenios uh, was a god of strangers is what they tried to say. And again, in uh, Genesis 18, 1, uh, you can see that, uh, uh, particularly with Abraham and Sarah. But, you know, uh, showing hospitality towards those that we uh, don't know is difficult sometimes. It can be a little awkward, uh, particularly when somebody new comes into the church. You know, it's so easy to, to be kind of clannish. It's so easy to, to want to sit in our specific areas with the specific people that we know. God help you if you sit in Jerry's seat. He will give you a stare down like you wouldn't believe. I've watched him do it. What are they doing here? You know, so... Most people know that, so you do not touch his seat, and uh, it's a warning for all, all, of, all of you all next, uh, next time he's here, everybody ought to sit in that one pew to see what he does. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, showing hospitality to strangers. One thing I used to, I hated, and I mean, to this day, I hated. But remember, was it, I don't know if it was Moto's or whatever, remember that Japanese restaurant, it was just right over here, huh? No, well, those Masaki's too, but there's the another one just right above it there. And I remember uh, when I was a teenager, where dad takes out to eat over there, you had to sit with a bunch of strangers. I hated that. You know, I was like, I just want my own table. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to other people. I just want to eat my food, and I don't want to be bothered, you know? And there's always some person, you got to sit beside this, you know? And, I, and so I used, to, I used to hate that. But uh, so, you know, sometimes um, interacting with strangers is, doesn't always come easy. And I think here in the South, you know, we are very hospitable. Uh, we're very, very kind to other people. That's one reason why they have a lot of call centers here in this area, particularly when I worked at CenturyLink. They said that's why they had a lot of call centers here is because we're very hospitable, very kind, very polite, and uh, that's why they like us here. And, you know, I, I'm big on, on manners and politeness, and uh, I hate, to me, when I wave to somebody, when I'm trying to be kind to somebody, and they don't react or respond, I told Brad, it's like slapping me in the face. It, it really angers me. You know, just well, yesterday we, we had to uh, uh, go meet some people, and uh, I was pulling out of my driveway. Well, this guy was coming out by the same time I was. I was like, hey, you know, sorry about that. He just, man, I, I hollered at him. He said, Matt, don't do that. I said, well, ain't no excuse to be that rude when you're right there beside somebody, and I'm trying to be nice, and he just ignores me. You know, I just makes me, I can't stand rude people. It just makes me mad. You know, I don't know why, but, okay, anyway. So we, so we, you know, when we're showing hospitality, showing that kindness to, uh, uh, to other people, we don't know if we're dealing with angels unaware, you know. I know Dad, he, he is, uh, uh, feels confident that there are several times uh, in his life that he has met uh, an angel, uh, and uh, based on what he's described, I mean, it's be pretty hard to dispute uh, what he experienced. And uh, so I don't know, you know, I can't, I don't, I've never had those types of experiences, but we know we need to make sure that we're showing that uh, hospitality. We're showing that kindness. You know, I don't want ever, want ever anybody to come into this church and say, uh, well, nobody was friendly to me, and that's why I didn't come back. And I've had a few people tell me that, and I just don't see how. Because most people in here in this, in this church are, are very kind. And they uh, usually try, I've watched you all, uh, you know, to interact and say, hey, welcome to Fountain Life. I've watched you do that. So that's why I have a hard time when somebody says, well, I won't be back because nobody talked to me. You know, and nine times out of ten, when somebody tells me that, that makes me wonder. They probably come in and sit in that back pew right when church started. They got up and left as soon as church left, and they didn't wonder why nobody spoke to them. You know, I mean, that's, that happens sometimes. 
But it is, um, uh, but, you know, let's make sure that we're encouraging, we're showing love, and we're showing kindness to those around us. Because we just never know, you know, who, who we're dealing with, who we're talking to, and uh, what we're dealing with. And, and again, uh, for verses uh, to, if you want to uh, look at these uh, later on uh, when you get home, uh, here's a few for you to look at. Uh, you can look at Matthew 25, 31 through 46. You can look at... Uh, oh, uh, you can look at First uh, Timothy three twelve, uh, Titus one six through eight, First Timothy five nine through ten, and let's see here is another good one here. Um, trying to think, well, let's see. Sorry, I'm trying to look here. I think that was it. I thought I had some more, but I guess that was it. Anyway, that gives you some things to look at, and, uh, and particularly um, and one of John, the third epistle of John, you look at that, talking about strangers and brothers of Christ on that as well. So I can give you a few things to look at. Now, uh, verse 3, Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and with them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Now, uh, we look at this verse here, and we can be thinking about uh, visiting those who are in prison. Now, you know, before the, this, this whole COVID ordeal, uh, you know, that's one thing our church uh, really uh, went above and beyond uh, when we go to uh, the Carter County Work Camp, when we go to uh, Mountain City Prison, when they go to the Youth Correctional Facility in Florida, then they go to the Adult Facility in Florida. And uh, that's one thing we really try to do is, is reach out and talk to um, uh, to those who, uh, who made mistakes and messed up, you know, they need, they need to know that uh, they can be forgiven and they can give their lives over to Jesus Christ. And um, uh, so I hate that this COVID thing's messed us up. But one thing that this verse here is specifically talking about is uh, those of, uh, who are saved, uh, who have been persecuted, may even been arrested for the sake of, uh, uh, for Jesus Christ. You know, they're not specifically our murderers or or, or, or burglars or, you know, thieves or, you know, whatever, that they were specifically arrested uh, because um, of their uh, stand uh, on the Word of God, and that we need to relate to them what they're going through and try to reach out to those individuals. Now, you know, here in the United States, that's not something we, we probably will, you know, up to this point have had to deal with. Now, uh, in Canada, I know that there has been instances where people like pastors have been arrested for, for uh, speaking out against same-sex relationships and uh, uh, other uh, issues that are contrary to the Word of God. Uh, articles I've read in, in the past about those situations, you know, and of course in China, uh, of all places, uh, you know, you'll be arrested if you, they catch you uh, studying God's Word or anything like that in that situation. Uh, Sudan, obviously, you'll be uh, beheaded. So there's areas in our world uh, where Christians will be arrested, and uh, and for those individuals, we do need to pray for. You know, we may not be able to visit with them specifically, but we should be able to relate to what they're going through because they are trying to make a stand for Jesus Christ. And because uh, of the um, how soft, if you will, uh, Christians have become uh, in the United States, uh, I wonder sometimes if um, uh, if this election doesn't go like many of us hope it will. Uh, you know, we may come under some very major religious persecution uh, and I think it's pretty evident uh, the squad and, and those on the on the left are very progressive very radical uh, in their belief system and uh, and like I was talking about the last couple of Sundays 
the word of God in Christianity stands to the face of what, what they want pushed out there, their agenda. And they hate that. They look at the word of God as evil. They look at us as hate mongers, and they want to silence us. So if we are faced with severe persecution, will those who are saved, are you going to be able to stand up to that? Now, I hope and pray. You know, I, can, I, I would like to sit here and say, well, uh, you know, even as a kid, when I went to try to see a Christian, they would ask, you know, if you were person, if, if you were uh, put under the under the gun, if you will, uh, with a lack of a better word, uh, you know, to deny God, would you do it? Of course, all the kids say, no, you know, we'll, we'll stand up for the gospel. And uh, it's easy to want to say that. But until you're put in that situation, you, you don't know. You know. I would like to think that I would uh, stand up and do what is right. But, uh, but all thing I can pray for is that God would give me the strength. Uh, to stand up in the face of somebody who would want me to deny uh, my Lord and Savior. So that's, uh, you know, again, that's something that we may not have to deal with in this specific uh, uh, part of the country, but it don't, don't rule out that it could never happen. There's a good possibility. Uh, verse 4, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. All right, so we understand that marriage is... Um, uh, you know, obviously to be um, uh, held in high regard. Uh, you know, we uh, uh, obviously, my wife would be very upset if I caroused with other ladies. Uh, she uh, seems to frown on that for some reason. And uh, likewise, uh, she uh, wanted to uh, flirt with other guys. And I would be very upset. She knows that as well. She said her daddy used to flirt big time when she was a kid. She'd go home. <laughs> no, no, she said she was little. She thought she said if her dad was nice to the bag lady or something like or not the bag lady, but the cashier. The bag lady. Or the bag lady too. <laughs> to the cashier, she'd go and run home and tell her mom's and daddy was flirting with her. So, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, if there's a bag lady, I, I can see him doing that too. I don't know. But <laughs> poor Hoffie. But, uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, so obviously, you know, we don't want to do anything that's going to dishonor uh, the vows in which we have took. And, you know, and when we look at this here, you know, one thing uh, that we, one reason why this is mentioned here uh, is that during this particular place and time in history, uh, marriage, uh, they were they were afraid pretty much to do what they wanted to. They, they wasn't under, uh, you know, the uh, understanding uh, of faithfulness. Uh, they were, it was no big deal to, uh, to, to be with prostitutes. Uh, it's no big deal to, uh, you know, be with your, uh, huh? Said bag ladies. <laughs> yeah, bag ladies or something like that. But, uh, uh, so, you know, so we have to, that's why they have to be very careful. That's why one of the reasons why uh, this was, was put on there uh, was uh, to understand that uh, divorce uh, really wasn't an option because at this time, uh, you know, divorce was no big deal. It's like, you know, and in fact, what's sad is it's about to come to that now. Uh, in fact, there was an article come out and it showed, you know how um, somebody's getting married and they have these little fun little photo shoots and such? Well, they had one the other day where these people were getting divorced. They were doing a photo shoot and glorifying their divorce. And that's pathetic. That's sad uh, that our world has come to that. And so, uh, you know, it is, um, uh, uh, we need to, to take our vows seriously. Just like uh, Dad told me the day me and Brandy got married, he said, make this work. And uh, so, and it has been a lot of work for me. You know, I've really had to try to make it work and try to, <laughs> you know, she just would just do what I told her, tell her. She would uh, be far better off. <laughs> but, 
But uh, let's look over here at Matthew uh, 19, uh, 3 through 12. Matthew 19, 3 through 12. Now, uh, let's see here. Uh, 19 verse 3 says, The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, I have yet not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. And he said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they, shall, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffer to put away your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her, shall be, which is put away, doth commit adultery. His disciple saith unto him, If the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. But he said unto them, All men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. For they are, are some eunuchs which are, are so born from the mother's womb, and there are some eunuchs which are made eunuchs of men, and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. You know, and uh, for the sake of purity, some uh, of these men would deliberately castrate themselves. I know that's a, a very uh, difficult thing to understand, but uh, they were so concerned with purity that they would even do that. But, uh, you know, you can look at Ephesians 5, uh, 1 through 8 uh, in regards to uh, a marriage. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know, if you get a chance, read that. But uh, for time's sake, I'm just going to... Um, Kind of to um, uh, kind of briefly go over some of this stuff here, but it's just that because um, uh, one thing's for sure, when it comes to um, to marriage, you know, we need to have mutual respect for one another. We need to have love for one another. Uh, it is uh, marriage is not easy. Brandon, to tell you, we fuss and fight sometimes. We like to pinch each other's heads off, and uh, but we love each other. And you know, I'm always the first to apologize and to. Uh, to reach out for that hug, and uh, you know, I uh, well, I better I keep bragging on myself. I want to show some humility, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, we need to look at marriage as a way that uh, just as um, the church is the bride and Christ is the groom, that's how we need to to uh, look at marriage and treat it the same way, with the same sanctity and the same love. You know, I think too many people uh, take it too lightly. And don't take it serious enough. And they always keep divorce as an option. Divorce should not be an option. Now, there are, are biblical reasons for divorce. It's not that God, you know, it's not that God still likes that. Uh, but um, uh, there are biblical reasons. But if you can try to make that marriage work, then you need to try to do so at all, you know, if all possible. And it does take work, and it is tough. And uh, that's what me and Brandy was talking about the other day. It's amazing. Some of the people that we know 
that uh, they got married at a younger age. And man, when they hit like 30 or 35, all of a sudden, man, these women are leaving their kids, leaving their husbands, and they're partying up, going crazy. And it's just it's weird. I, I just don't understand what that's about. I really don't. But it's just, uh, uh, I think there's a lot. Some people just need to grow up. That's really what it boils down to. Uh, verse 5 and 6, uh, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So, you know, we look at these final verses here uh, quickly uh, this evening. Is that, uh, you know, we need to uh, uh, be content uh, with what we have. We need to make sure that what we say and do is... Uh, is honorable in God's eyes. Uh, we need to be careful. Uh, our, um, you know, I think some people in their language and how they talk sometimes is indistinguishable between those in the world, which ain't a good thing. Uh, we don't need to have a love of money. Uh, you know, it's nothing wrong with being rich. There's nothing wrong with having wealth. There's nothing wrong with having material things. There's no, there's no sin in that. I mean, there, there, there isn't. But if that is all you live for, if that's all you work for, then that's when there's a problem. And you know, when you see the, the, the root of, of uh, you know, so many people want to uh, misinterpret that, uh, that, that verse about the, uh, the, how money is the root of, uh, of all evil. It's a, it's a source of all sorts of evil. So that's one thing we need to make sure we're very clear on. But there's a lot of good godly Christian people out there who are wealthy. And, but one thing's for sure, we need to be content. There's a lot of people out there who lack contentment. They're never happy. They're never satisfied. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, just like we read in Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon said, whoever has money doesn't have money enough. You're, most people are not satisfied. You know, and most people, if they had a million dollars, they'd want two million. You know, if they had three million, they'd want four. You know, it would never be enough. And you know, one thing's for sure that we can look at these verses and understand that uh, there is nothing on this earth that's going to give us contentment and peace like Jesus Christ. You know, you can, you can have a temporary uh, feeling of euphoria and happiness when you buy something, but it fades, you know, and there's still that hole, there's still that void uh, that can only be filled by the Lord. And that's one thing that we have to uh, uh, make sure that uh, we're putting Jesus Christ first above anything materialistic. You know, when I think about this uh, uh, in regards to uh, uh, materialism, I always think about that little... Um, uh, I don't know, a cartoon, illustration, whatever I saw on Facebook, where um, it showed the guy on the bicycle. He looks over and sees the guy on the motorcycle. Says, "Boy, I wish I had that motorcycle." The guy on the motorcycle is looking at the car. Says, "Boy, I wish I had that car." And the guy in the car is looking at the four by four truck. Says, "Boy, I wish I had that truck." And the guy in the truck is looking at a Maserati or a Ferrari. Says, "Boy, I wish I had that." And then off in the distance shows a guy in a wheelchair, and he says, "Boy, I wish I could ride that bicycle." You know, and so that that really drives home, you know, you think you don't have it as good as you would like it, but you may have it far better than a lot of other people. So let's not let, um, so we look at these, these, these scriptures tonight, looking and having brotherly love towards other people, uh, make sure that we are, are um, relating to those who may be persecuted for the name of Jesus Christ, to uphold marriage, do what is honorable, to uh, let our conversation, uh, to, uh, to be, a, you know, to be honorable and not to, to covet what somebody else has, to be content with what we have, to not be consumed and worried about money and wealth, to be content. And that's, sometimes that's hard to do. Uh, in a world of materialism, it's hard to, to be content. But the main thing of it is we need to do as, as what God has told us, to love Lord God, Lord thy God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being, and to love your neighbor as ourselves. And if we can do that, then we're doing great. 
So, um, so let's apply these, these passages to our daily lives and our spiritual walk, and I know that we'll be far better off for doing so. Let's go ahead and stand, and we'll close in a word of prayer. Appreciate all you guys and gals for coming out this evening. And Lord willing, we'll meet again Wednesday at 7 o'clock. So, Lord Jesus, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for this evening. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank, thank you for allowing us to come together and meet here. And Lord, let us take what we have learned this evening and, and apply it to show hospitality to strangers, to show kindness and love to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't be consumed with materialism. Lord, to be content in all things. Lord, fill our hearts with joy, love, and peace. And Lord, for someone here this evening or watching online that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, lead us, God, and protect us till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Y'all have a good night and a good week. Lord willing, we'll see you Wednesday evening.